It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, this is Tracy Swedlow, editor in chief of Interactive TV Today at ITVT.com and the co producer of the TV of Tomorrow show coming up December 6th in New York City, tvotshow.com. Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media. That's www.endscreenmedia.com. Uh, and uh, we are doing a brand new podcast, aren't we, Tracy? We are. And we're calling it Tea Time. Time. Okay, so uh, we're really excited to to do this together and the plan is to talk and to discuss tech and television and what are the other definitions of tea colin well lots of lots of lots of definitions tracy there's tea as in the tea in golf teeing up the what, what's to come next we've got um tea in uh, well actually we're recording at 3 p.m Tomorrow? here uh yeah. Uh, yeah yeah there's tea for tomorrow when we're recording at 3 p.m and i usually drink tea and i think tracy usually drinks tea about this time as well so there's lots of definitions uh lots of reasons what's your to call favorite it tea? tea what's, what's my your favorite fa- type of tea english black tea actually yorkshire tea is my favorite nice and strong yorkshire gold yeah that is exactly the tea i like very very well done <laughs> I actually have a box of it here, but today I am drinking PG Tips. Oh, I say. There's a British brew if ever there was one. Um, so right. Tracy and I, we talk to lots of interesting people at the TV of Tomorrow show and other industry events uh, around the country and around the world, actually. And uh, we decided that it was it would be a great idea for us to bring some of those conversations to you in these podcasts. So right to, today, we're just, it's just going to be Tracy and I, and we're going to be talking about a couple of the stories, a couple of three of the stories that we've seen in the news that we we thought were particularly interesting, and we'll tell you why when we talk about those stories. But in the future, well, we'll be bringing hopefully other people into the conversation that we have met at the shows and uh, let you hear what what's going on in their worlds right tracy right and then uh, if you know people that we invite who might have just announced something or people who are doing something interesting that we want you to hear about in short but these shows aren't going to be you know too long i think they're going to be about 30 minutes or so right um yeah so shorter we welcome if everybody to short if possible we if you're interested in participating please email myself or colin and my email address, by the way, is tracyswedlow at gmail.com. And your email address, Colin, is? Colin at nscreenmedia.com. And that's Colin with one L. So let's get started. Uh, we have so many different stores we want to go over. Uh, I think we have about like three or four each. But we're going to try to keep to a schedule of about five minutes per story. Um, Colin, why don't you start? with uh, some interesting thing on your list. Yeah, well, I suppose the the big news this week, the big discussion this week is uh, Comcast, Disney, and Hulu 
And uh, mm. boy, there mm-hmm. has been a lot of discussion of these deals in in the news. What a tangled web these two companies have created, Tracy. So uh, they've been dueling over assets out there. Both of them have been dueling over 20th century, 21st century Fox and uh, and uh, also Sky in the UK, Sky Satellite Service um, in Europe. And it did, one went one way and one went the other. And this has significant implications for Hulu because, as our listeners probably know, Disney ended up winning uh, 21st Century Fox, a $71 billion deal. Wow, big, big bunch of money there. And Comcast ended up winning against, uh, against Disney's bid for Sky. And uh, this is pretty complicated because – the ownership of Hulu really, really is bound up in both of these companies. It turns out that actually 21st Century Fox had bought a 39% share in Sky. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so let's see. Comcast ends up. Like, yeah. 17.28 um, pounds, I think, so, per share. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh, so anyway, Disney Disney ends up with that 39% share in Sky because of its purchase of 21st Century Fox. And as we mm-hmm. as our listeners know, Disney's purchase of 21st Century Fox gives it a controlling interest, 60% of Hulu of which Comcast owns 30%. So, <laughs> it looks like both of them are going to be some sort web of we weave it, it it certainly does, but it, it looks like that they're going to do a deal swap here and we'll end up with Comcast owning all of Sky and Disney owning all of Hulu at the end of this. Now, I don't necessarily want to talk so much about uh, Sky, but the Hulu bit is really interesting, Tracy, because this is going wait, to be wait, difficult. Fox is, Fox is also going to get um, sell their remaining shares to Sky as well. They are. That's Well, that, that's right, because... Um, that's how Disney ends up with the ownership of Sky at all because they came they came via Fox, right? Um, right. So the interesting thing with the interesting thing with Hulu is if you look at it, the real value of Hulu. I don't know. Are you do you use Hulu, Tracy? Uh, to be honest, uh, not as much as I'd like to. Well, I'm I'm a big user. Love the service. I've uh, been using it a lot uh, for uh, actually mm-hmm. for a pretty long time. I use it as a sort of extended DVR these days when I forget to record something off a broadcast. And uh, the value, a lot of the value of Hulu is that it brings most of the major broadcast content. Uh, the big exception, of course, is CBS, which has never been part of never been part of Hulu. So the the challenge for Disney here is if they want to retain the value in Hulu. They gotta somehow figure out how to keep NBCU engaged and working with it, because if they lose NBCU content, both from the on-demand library and from the live channels, this is gonna be a huge problem. And I got a feeling that they're gonna lose a lot of subscribers. And this is a service that's got been doing great: twenty million subscribers overall, one million subscribers to the virtual MVPD Hulu Live. So. This is this could be a real problem for Disney going forward, I think, Tracy. And I think NBC had difficulty launching its CISO offering a while ago, correct? I mean, so they're still they struggling, you know, um, they're still struggling to conquer the OTT marketplace. 
uh, direct to consumer. They so are. This is they an are. important play for them. Uh, I think it is. Now, NBCU does have, I, I think they have one fairly successful service, but it's not here. It's called Hey You, and it's in the UK. Uh, and um, it, it is pretty It is pretty successful. Actually, they're bringing reality TV from the States to the UK audiences and remarkably even people in England Uh-oh. want to hear about the Kardashians. Oh, what a mess. I have no idea. <laughs> no. I have no idea why. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, but anyway, I, 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 I don't this, know what's going to happen here. So I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see. What I'm also interested in um, is what's going to happen to the platform that Sky deploys, you know, of its own. Will we see the integration of X1, you know, Xfinity X1, and and you know, will it be a unified interface user experience, or will it maintain the sort of Sky experience? So have. Sky Sky is invested pretty heavily, Tracy, in in they call it SkyQ, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it really is a top flight, top level pay TV interface. It's probably one of the best pay TV interfaces, not just in the UK but in the world. So I got a feeling that there'll be a lot of resistance in Sky to to look to take on X1 uh, as its as its operating system, and there could be some technology challenges there because of of course Sky's satellite. Um, and uh, the SkyQ service is uniquely uh, architected for satellite service, so there could be some challenges, I think, with that. So I, I don't know. You know, it's you know going to be interesting to see what happens with Comcast and uh, and Sky. I don't know what's going to happen there. You know, I actually don't know who the um, if there's a, a middleware or some kind of platform. Do you know what the platform is, or is it homegrown in house? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would I would imagine that SkyQ is actually based on somebody else's middleware. Um, they were, I think, they were an NDS customer for a long time, um, and of course, NDS got bought by Cisco and has now just got spun out again <laughs> as uh, right as Cinemedia. 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 Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure who they're using for SkyQ, but I tell you, it really does get very high marks in the UK market. So, uh, you know, that would be interesting to see what Comcast does. Sky is a very, very well-run company. And uh, I actually think that there's a lot that Comcast could learn from Sky. I'm very impressed with Sky's Now TV. Uh, now TVs are letting Sky grow, even though pay TV to tr- traditional satellite subscribers have shrunk about a million, million or so subscribers in the last few years for them. But they've got overall sub growth because of Now TV. Now TV is bringing them new household relationships. So uh, 1.7 million, I think I read that uh, they're, they're using Now TV in the UK now. Mm-hmm. So I pretty- think um but back to SkyQ, I think that is actually using Cisco for next-gen uh, stuff, software and uh, video security, the old video guard, Cisco video guard platform. Right. So I think it, that's, um, that's what's going on there. All right. Okay. Uh, How about another story? Shall we uh, talk about uh, – there was some interesting news about Facebook this week. What's oh, going yes, on there? A, a lot of news about Facebook. Are you asking me or you have – Yeah, I'm asking you. Story? Oh, well, I'm very curious about this new portal that they keep mentioning that they were supposed to launch last May, but because of the, um, supposedly because of the mess um, in. Um... With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The revelation that they had done a deal with Cambridge Analytica uh, and all of the sort of, um, you know, opportunities to stand in front of uh, Congress uh, that the launch of their portal sort of um, Alexa-like competitor platform uh, has been delayed. But they promise right now that it's it's going to be launched within you know, moments, although they keep saying it's going to happen this week and then the week keeps going by. So I'm not quite sure. Uh, I think Alex Heath, um, um, who is from, where is he from? But I think he, he got a scoop uh, about this. And so I want to commend him. And from what I understand, it's going to be similar to Amazon's Echo Show. It's going, there's going to be two devices. One will be like around 400. The other one will be 300. And it's going to offer uh, a video chat with a wide angle lens and there will be a privacy shutter that can cover the device's wide angle video camera but it's going to basically use AI to recognize people in the frame and follow them as they move throughout a room and it's uh, so there's a you know there's some serious issues here uh, to you know do you want to be part of of that platform um, I mean, do you want that kind of service? A lot of people do have really embraced Alexa, right? It's the voice industry, the sort of voice control industry has grown and grown and grown. And of course they have, uh, I think their Echo Show offering. So the, the voice control and video uh, home control device industry is booming. And so obviously Facebook is jumping in to compete with that. But the, the question is, is whether or not um, people will, want the service more than they want to protect their privacy and how will they be able to protect their privacy and strangely enough today uh, Facebook and Google and Twitter and Charter uh, and there might be one other they're all in Washington um, testifying going under some kind of scrutiny about protecting people's privacy uh, it's a uh, it's a big uh, it, they're, oh, they're in front of a US Senate panel today uh, to try to understand whether or not they should come under regulatory scrutiny. So I'm kind of merging two stories into one. But uh, what do you think about the idea of the sort of voice control, video, home, uh, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, what do you I tell think you, about I, those I, kinds I, of devices? Um, do you I'm, have one of those? I I certainly have uh, I certainly had the home speaker you know the home assistants and in fact there was a there was some new data this morning I saw from Parks they said that like 20 percent of homes in the U S already have one of these things so pretty remarkable penetration in a very short time but I kind of I'm kind of like um, with you I I think that a lot of the privacy revelations have really tarnished Facebook's reputation in a way that. Companies like uh, Google and um, uh, Snapchat, who we'll get to in a little bit here, haven't been tarnished. And so I, I the idea of putting a, a device like this with a camera that can track you around your your home. I don't know. People may look at that and put that in their cont in that all, that uh, data privacy context when they're looking at Facebook. 
and and really shy away from it. It's kind of expensive, three to four hundred dollars. So the Echo Show from uh, Amazon is, I think, it's about two hundred and thirty dollars, a bit cheaper. Um, so if mm-hmm. you just wanted an Alexa, you'd probably just go for that, right? You'd probably just go for the Amazon box. Uh, of course, this includes it. But uh, you know, I, the fascinating thing about this product for me, Tracy, is um, it, it kind of puts people in a different place with their friends, right? Because uh, friends online are—they're very often sort of um, well, you you have a different relationship with a friend online than you do a friend in reality. Do you really want a device that would? as it were, bring bring you into their homes and them into your homes. I think it shifts the relationship, the, f- quote, friend relationship. Um, I do think it's a good pairing, though, in some respects, because, of course, Facebook Live is is very popular and it's a kind of a natural a natural thing to to use here um, with with this device. Uh, but uh, I, I really, I, I'm not sure how successful it's going to be with all of this noise over Cambridge Analytica and the fear about about uh, personal information, Tracy. I, I don't know. Would you buy one? I, I certainly would buy it to test it out. I'd kind of, I'd have to find out more whether or not this uh, um, shuttle or, you know, thing that would protect your privacy if it actually works. I am very curious, though, how this this kind of device and um, any kind of voice control or video home control device helps create content because to some extent it may even disintermediate, uh, you know, high quality produced content or the interest in high quality produced content because to some extent I think it opens the door, opens the camera, opens the lens almost for people to create programming between themselves, between them, their friends. Uh, I know there's a, a huge amount of interest in uh, interactive games and things a la HQ, but, uh, you know, whether or not people will create, you know, shows or little mini phone calls as a sort of form of entertainment, like they already do using Snapchat or, you know, Instagram or something, you know, whether or not they'll do that uh, through sort of creating your, you know, television or content inside your living room um, and showing people how you live. I think that will all happen. And to some extent, I'm, I'm very curious about that. Uh, I, I, what would be really powerful would be if P, if they provided people with a suite of tools so that you could create your own show, you could create graphics, you could basically become your own video producer amongst your friends. Now, then we have a whole new media. Then we have a whole business. We have, you know, uh, it basically, it basically creates the world of Fahrenheit 451. If you ever read that Ray Bradbury book, oh, right? I sure did. in which, uh, Ray Bradbury, Ray no, who wrote that? Ray Bradbury? Yeah, Ray and which, yeah. you know, all yeah. three, yeah, Ray Bradbury, all, all the screens in your home and are in a room were live, right? And people would communicate to each other um, by reading scripts of, you know, uh, a, a soap opera with each other. So to some extent, community-produced, uh, theme-oriented programming amongst participants, right? So I, I can, I could totally see that happening in the future, speaking of tomorrow for tea time. Um, that's my prediction that if that type of technology uh, becomes popular, we may see people creating watch parties, group uh, group uh, shows that they produce amongst each other. I think there's a lot of interest in that, um, you know, in a, in when we see live television, but it's only been 
it's still been sort of one way to many, you know, one to many. So I don't know. I'm I'm just sort of projecting out into the future. Yeah, no, that, I think that sounds. That, those are some good ideas, Tracy. I, I hope they follow through on some of them. I think they're really really interesting. And if they do, this could make it really interesting. the The big, I mean, the, uh, the big difference between, I guess, this and which, if a consumer is looking at this and thinking, should I buy this? What does it give me over and above my my smartphone? Because of course, a smartphone does a lot of the things that this device would do. But it's a tracking camera, right? It's the fact that you can just, the camera will actually track you in its wide angle view and you really don't have to worry about being in the shot. It, it takes care of all of that. So if you're really into that stuff, if you're really into doing the home broadcasting the, uh, of what's going on in your home and talking, talking with your friends that way, it could be a, it could be a real boon to some. Um, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough added value there that's going to get people to run out and buy this thing at three or $400 when they've already got a device in their pocket that does 90% of what it does. I'm sure it's a, a niche-oriented kind of service, you know, offering. However, I just thought of another idea, which is, you know, there, there used to be – or still is an interest in writer's rooms or, and you know, behind the scenes on a show with the showrunners. And I think also that shows are also looking for ways to explain what's happening behind the scenes and they want to create additional enhanced content uh, surrounding their particular property to extend the life and interest beyond just uh you know the the yeah, the yeah. series and that you that you might binge right but still there's still so much time in between in between in between the time you binge all their content and the next time the whole new um, you know version or series 2.0 comes out right that i could totally see that that actual broadcast programmers might uh, embrace that in order to help touch the fans to create content for the fans between themselves with them uh, so i think there's potentially a business there so i think people yeah, shouldn't no, I think you're necessarily right. I, discount this i think they should potentially explore it how it could be monetized and so on and so forth i'm sure the, uh, the vr I, industry yeah. yeah that's one of the areas that facebook live i think has really excelled right it's really excelled in expanding the relationship of um of somebody with you know, a sports figure or a, um, a movie star or somebody that they really follow, it allows them to sort of expand their relationship, uh, their relationship with their audience in a way that they couldn't before. And so this is one sort of step up from that, right? You can just set it up and you don't even have to have somebody holding it. It, it will track you in the in the general area that you're that you're talking with people in. So, yeah, it's kind of... Sounds like a lot cheaper. It'd be cheaper for the broadcasters, right? Because they wouldn't really need expensive cameras either. <laughs> sure would. Okay. Of course, you know, we're all speculating because we have no idea what quality this thing's going to be, right? I know. Oh, but back to the privacy issue uh, quickly, and then we'll go on to the next story. Um, the six major companies who are involved with these uh, U.S. Senate hearings today, uh, we're recording this today on Wednesday, uh, September 26th, are AT&T, Twitter, Alphabet's Google, Amazon, and Charter Communications. Wow. So uh, it's, um, it's a big deal, obviously. All right. So let's go to another story on your side. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if people caught this uh, this week. Amazon did something which I consider to be a little bit retro looking. They have released a DVR. Yes. Mm. A With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. physical box. They call it the Fire TV Recast. And it's mm-hmm. going to cost uh, two hundred and thirty bucks, two hundred and twenty nine dollars and ninety nine cents, in the in the smaller version. Uh, it the smaller version will have two TV tuners, a five hundred gigabyte hard drive, which they say will cache about seventy five hours of content. And there is a four tuner version with a one terabyte uh, hard disk, which costs fifty dollars more. So that would obviously, I suppose. Uh, save 150 hours of content and what what you're going to do here is you buy this thing you have to get an antenna you have to plug the antenna in and get that oriented so that it's it's working uh and add to that you're going to have to have a compatible playback device to watch the stuff and of course (laughs) no surprise that amazon amazon fire tv devices are of course supported um, and they also say they'll uh, things like Echo Show will work, Fire TV Edition for televisions. Although, frankly, there aren't that many televisions with Fire TV Edition out there yet. Um, and iOS and Android devices can be used. Um, and uh, they also say that using Oops. this thing, mm-hmm. you can drive it with the um alexa with alexa so if you have an alexa box you can drive it with that and i think there's actually the remote includes a microphone so maybe it's built in as well to the device so it's kind of interesting this was this was um there was speculation about this about a month ago i think that amazon actually will be releasing a dvr and i gotta tell you tracy i kind of didn't believe it when i heard it because <laughs> it seems well, like a real <laughs> retro looking thing doesn't it for for amazon what why do you well we shouldn't i don't think let's not underestimate them because they have more data than god okay and (laughs) the thing is that um and then i want to talk about the platform itself in a second but let's point out also of course that amazon keeps doing other weird things that are retro like opening stores with products or stores where you don't even have a checkout counter i mean there there's something going on there they're they're exploring retro as a real business opportunity. But that being said, and of course, I love, love retro futurism, and I think that's that's what this is about. However, what I would really say this, I think this is about, because it's specifically working with over-the-air TV services. This is about capturing that market that is still that may only have a TV antenna um, that may not be interested in moving to the OTT you know, market the OTT platform marketplace that haven't bought a Fire TV, uh, bo- you know, little box or you know uh, yet, and of course, as the um, as the over the air market uh, moves more and more towards 
the potential of ATSC 3.0, when they can all become interactive and on demand and uh, you know, all of those kinds of things, Amazon potentially will have already captured a, a platform that works with those kinds of services. I'm speculating about that, but I think that the over-the-air TV service the market is going to explode in so many different directions. And I have seen a lot of different um, new explorations of giving people access interactively to local broadcast television. People are people know that something is going to change, like I was saying about ATSC 3.0, but nobody knows quite when that's going to change. So I think Amazon is trying to capture that opportunity, connect those people to their Alexa, you know, so you, they, they're giving people a platform where they can still watch local TV, still watch their sports, their, their uh, awards programs, and things that only work with linear television, uh, and still be able to buy and be interactive and have it on demand on their, on their you know, DVR. So I think they've, they've figured out a little niche, you know, wiggle room here. Uh, you know, a, a little niche that hadn't been taken care of, and well, they're I, I'm trying to sort sure. it out. Well, let, let's not. I would never underestimate Amazon, and particularly Amazon with regard to their marketing muscle. But uh, there are some great solutions out there today. Today, I, I'm I've got a TiVo bolt that's hooked up to my antenna on my roof, and uh, let me mm -hmm. tell you, it does a very, very good job. It is the best picture quality I have in my home, and. I'm, I have a lot of services in my home, let me tell you. Yeah, but, uh, but Amazon is, can sell right. you stuff. But yeah. They can, well, talk, they talk can. A little bit more, talk a little bit more about that. Or how do you think it will compare to this platform? But it, it's, I mean, it's hard to of. say. Um, it's hard to say. I have, I've actually already put my order in for the device, so I'll have a... I'll have a hands-on, uh, a hands-on with that maybe in a, in a month or so when it ships. It won't ship. I don't think it ships until early November. Um, there is other solutions. There's the Channel Masters Stream Plus, which is, I mean, this is a great little box if you really want to get started with over-the-air TV and blend it with uh, with online TV. This is, I think, this is the box to get. It's um, it's 178 bucks with a uh, with a one terabyte disc bundled, or you can if you've got a disc lying around, you can just buy it for 129, I think 130. Uh, and it's it's a I think it's a great option. If if I was a cord cutter, this is a cord cutter's box. You know, you grab this, you slap an area on the channel your masters. Yeah, channel it's masters? From channel master, and it's called Tr Stream Plus, and it's a really really cool little box. Uh, Android TV also, I really like Android TV. It impresses me a lot. It's a great great operating system. But I got to tell you that there's um, a couple of other reasons why I'm a little uncertain about the, the long term success of this, Tracy. First of all, we're in the I want it now generation, right? And this is really not I want it now product. If you want to watch tonight's uh, Warriors game that's being broadcast on, on a local channel, you're out of luck if you don't have one. Because, you know, you have to order it. You have to wait two days for it to show up. You have to get the antennae. You have to set that up. And mm -hmm. I've got to tell you, there's still a lot of reluctance to fiddle with antennas out there. We were two generations into the majority of Americans never having to deal with getting their antenna oriented properly. So this is something that people have to relearn. And particularly when you think about just how easy it is to go, you know, let's get let's let's go get Sling TV or let's go get uh, YouTube TV or Direct TV now. I can connect to those 
instantly. No effort. I think now. there. Yeah. Well, I, 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 sorry to interrupt, but I think there are a lot of people out there who don't want, you know, to have to pay for a connection to Comcast or AT&T. They don't want to, you know, buy in or subscribe to, you know, some OTT offering. And they, you know, they want to kind of go in between. Yeah. Well, certainly in that case, this is this is an interesting solution. The Channel Master is probably a better solution because it's cheaper um, and and that, as I say, it does have the Android TV operating system. It gives you a, ostensibly, I think it looks like it pretty much gives you all the functionality that you would get from the uh, Amazon box as well. So so you kind of got it there. But but you know the thing is, if I if I want to watch the Warriors game tonight, um, or maybe you know I want to watch my local football team with the virtual MVPDs, I subscri- I can subscribe during the during the season and then cancel it when I'm done. So it's like there's no commitment and we're all commitment phobes these days so i think people are willing to pay <laughs> pay more because they think in the end they can end up paying less by cancelling when they don't want now whether they that's actually true or not is another question um mm-hmm. i think the third thing the third thing makes me wonder a little bit about this is i think we all recognize the direction the market's in right? the market's going in right and um we're going to see all the broadcasters launch their own services online. CBS is already there with CBS All Access. And CBS, you know, Les Moonves, before he left in disgrace, he, he was singing the praises of Amazon channels as a great way of selling his product. And he said he was getting about half of his subscribers through channels. And I'm betting that NBC, Disney, uh, ABC, Fox, they're all lining up here to get their services out. And I bet they're all eyeing the performance of CBS All Access on Amazon channels and thinking, boy, you know, this is a great launch platform for us too. Maybe this is a quick way to grab a whole bunch of subscribers. Maybe a Fire TV recast might make them think twice about that because uh, this this kind of, it it means that that people actually don't need these services if they just want the broadcast channels and you know they can record their own and create their own vod library yeah you know maybe that's not such a big reason but you add those three things up tracy and i think it's going to be uphill for this product uphill i thought yeah well for chat wait wait you you mean for For, for, channel no for for amazon's dvr the recast i think it's uphill okay i think it's gonna be a tough sell uh uphill as in difficult okay yeah, I mean, let's not let's not estimate. Uh, let's not underestimate people fiddling with aerials, getting a good picture using an aerial. I know there's lots of active stuff out of there. I out there. I've tried them. I live about. Uh, you might live much closer to Sutro Tower than I do in San Francisco, which is where most of mm-hmm. our channels are broadcast from. And I can tell you, they re- the active channels really don't do much for me out here in the in the provinces, 35 miles south. But you slap a, <laughs> an antenna on your roof and point it at Sutro Tower, and it does just great. But most people don't want to do that these days. You know, it's it's uh, just not something that they're used to doing. So uh, that I think will be a barrier as well. And I I, I see this as being pretty much a minority product at least for the uh, for the time being okay so um well we'll have to see when i get my my own as well um i do think though that the local tv broadcast market is ripe for the pickings and uh, we're going to see a lot of transformation in that industry whether platforms like this come about to uh, deliver that content to people or new platforms 
and um, tech, you know, uh, standard, uh, you know, will enable it to become yeah. a more deliverable. Yeah, like, like, you, so that's, like, like you, Tracy, I'm really enthusiastic about well, what ATSC 3.0 can do for us. I think it's got a lot, a lot of exciting features. I worry about rollout time, but you know, sooner they get it out, the better as far as I'm concerned. But um, anyway, let's do, let's do one more story before we, before we cut, cut our okay. audience loose. Uh, why don't you tell us about, uh, I think there was some interesting stuff about Snapchat. Snapchat. Cause I, there were so many other stories, things that you brought up that were really juicy. Like what about CBS all access, but let's wait for another show another time. <laughs> yeah, we could do the whole show nest. on that. Oh my God. Uh, okay, so the piece of news that came out recently was that Snapchat and Amazon, speaking of which, have formed a relationship uh, to to deliver uh, sort of interactive shopping. Now, here at Interactive TV Today, we've been interested in commerce or t-commerce, you know, whatever you want to call it, television commerce for a long time. And this isn't necessarily yet a video partnership, but I think it could be right now. Uh, um, and the fact that these two are unifying is is important enough. But it's something where you can take a picture of something in the wild, like uh, a shoe as pictured in their promotional image, or something with a barcode on it. Uh, and it will somehow drive the viewer, the user immediately to Amazon to sort of compare, contrast, you know, whether or not you want to buy this thing. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of AI that's being used here. Everybody on the planet starting to use AI for different things and for shoppable ads. I'm very, we're very interested in that technology. So I, I have downloaded the most recent version of Snapchat. And of course, Snapchat always gets away from me. I cannot see how this thing works just yet. Uh, I don't know if you play with Snapchat, but I wanted to bring it up because take using your camera that has a video capability or a picture taking capability and unifying that with shopping has you know it's been very difficult to accomplish that kind of partnership. So I wanted to get your take on whether you think there there's some legs here um, and and or what it could be tomorrow. What what where do you think this can go? I, I think I it's think a significant it's, relationship right now, but too. we'll see how it goes. Go ahead. Yeah, I do too. I mean, Tracy, we we met, I think, um, an embarrassing number of years ago when we were really focused, both really focused <laughs> on interactive television. And the, 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 the problem with interactive television was it was like super heavy lifting, right? It was just really difficult to do. And the way it was being presented to consumers was just not right. It was interrupting their television experience and it just didn't work. And this, this is the way I think when I thought about how stuff like that should work, that this is how I thought it should work. You know, you point your camera, you get information right then. You can touch it, find out how much it costs, uh, find out information about the technical specs. And you don't have to what, rely on the people in the store who usually don't know very much. You know, in, in truth, they don't know very much, particularly about the electronic stuff. Um, you can get the real the real blurb from from those sites. And that. so I think this is really exciting. It, it's if it works as advertised. Um, it will be considerably better, say, than Google Lens. Now, Google Google's doing some interesting stuff with Lens and the, the, the fact that it can 
translate some written text in front of you is pretty remarkable. I think that that's pretty, pretty remarkable. But when you think about mm -hmm. shopping, it's really not hooked in with shopping. And that's, that's Google's soft spot. That's Google's vulnerable spot. And of course, that's Amazon's oh, strength. So uh, I, I don't know why my Google, my Google <laughs> just woke up for some reason. I don't know why that was. Um, you must but, have your audio turned, your Alexa turned on, <laughs> or something. Yeah, or something. Your your, your home portal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so so I, I think that there's um, that there's a lot here that they can do. So we'll have to see how it works. One of the things that I've seen in the in the press that people are concerned about is the impact on retailers. Uh, because people could just walk into Best Buy or wherever or a shoe store and, and point the camera and immediately get Amazon's price on that thing. And I, I will right. say that it does, if this works as advertised, that it does make that process easier. But people are doing it today. Most of the stores today have match policies. And let's be honest, if you're in a store and they'll match the price that you see on Amazon, why wouldn't you just buy it and get it right away? I mean, there's no reason that would be outrageous. Wouldn't. wouldn't that well, be outrageous if you if you take a picture of something in the store, it directs you to Amazon's offering, and then you bring it up to the counter and you say, or customer service, and you say, "Are you willing to match this?" And it's on your phone. I mean, that that's uh, that's democratizing. Yeah, you know, I, I've done it, Tracy. Right I've done it. Absolutely, yeah. I walked walked into Best Buy. There was a TV, uh, Samsung TV that I was interested in purchasing uh, for my office and uh, they had it and I they were a bit more expensive and I showed them the ad and they said, sure, match. Absolutely. No problem at all. So I, I think lots of people are doing this. I'm certainly not on my own. So I don't know how much of a problem this is. Uh, it probably does put a little bit more price pressure on retailers. I mean, it's not really fair, right? Because Amazon doesn't have to maintain stores. And well, I suppose they are increasingly doing that. Um, right. But, but you know, also, I, I, think, also, I think, yeah, right. go ahead. No, I'm also interested, though, um, in how this might translate uh, not only to other platforms, but we've seen so many experiments where people think they can have video object recognition, you know, inside a program. And there has been so many platforms out there that if you like a particular object, you can highlight it with a red dot or a blue dot and then click on that and it'll immediately pull up, you know, the thing you want to buy and allow you to buy it. So why would this platform work could this be more successful because it's in the hands of, you know, younger kids and they're more willing to, you know, uh, do impulse buys like this? Is that the way to get interactive commerce or t-commerce started with pictures? But how would this eventually work on a on a show where you have real t-commerce? I'm just sort of thinking out loud because it's still a massive nut to crack. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's no reason why I suppose you couldn't do this from your phone on a TV show, I'm sure it would work just as well there. I, you know, I, I think I've pointed, um, pointed my camera with Google Lens at the TV, and I think it seemed, I think it did seem to recognize objects on on the TV screen. So, I think that, I think that's still, I think that that could be a use case going forward if you if you want to use it that way, and it gets it off the screen where it shouldn't be. Or maybe if there's a control on your remote, or you call to Alexa and you say, "Snap." There you go. They should use that. Snap, right? It immediately takes a screenshot 
of the image from your show and then it pops up on your TV. All right, I think that's the solution. Amazon, Snap, you guys, that's that's it. I think <laughs> I think I just gave a good idea away. Um, another another good idea. You should you should be charging out for the these door. Children. Billion dollars gone. Okay, I, I think we're actually out of time. So we just did a sort of a, um, a thought process that we do a lot with um, people that we speak to offline all the time, right? When we're interviewing or or helping um, companies understand their business model. And I, that's what you do uh, behind the scenes as an analyst. And you, of course, generate your wonderful publication or website and screenmedia.com. So make sure everybody, you go to his website and check out uh, his white papers and other things that he offers because he's uh, absolutely fantastic. We all love him. <laughs> and um, well, uh, that's thanks, it thanks, for Tracy. me. Um, you, uh, uh, everybody, uh, if you're in the New York area uh, or if you're not in the New York area, you should jo join Tracy and me. I'll certainly be at TV at Tomorrow's show in New York City uh, December 6th, December 6th at the SVA Theatre. Um, this is a great time. It really is. It really, if you want to hear a lot more about the stuff that we've been talking about this morning, uh, th uh, then please join us. All the people in us. the room. Please, All please. the appropriate people in the room. Right. Yeah. They're all yeah, there. You bet. All of They're these all of there. You can there. press you can press the flesh of some of the movers and shakers in the industry and and really, really get to grips with some of the some of the trends that we've talked about here. And uh, I just say uh, one more thing. If 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 you're interested, uh, there's a great new paper on my website right now. It's um, it's called what when streaming fails, last mile problems and what to do about them. Uh, this is this paper looks at how to how a video service can cope with something that they really aren't in control of, which is last mile, uh, the last mile delivery that dropped to the house through the broadband or through your mobile connection. So lots of cool information in that paper. So uh, you want to grab it if you can. It's free, of course. Everything is free from my site. And again, his URL is endscreenmedia.com. And my uh, URLs are itvt.com, where we have news and free email newsletter and the conference register, tvotshow.com. That's it. Thanks so much. This Been is cool, Tracy. Tea time. Tracy Swedlow, Colin Dixon, Colin Dixon, Tracy Swedlow. Be sure to listen next time. You bet. See ya. Thank you.